0: So who all has open gifts already this morning? Pretty good. You can tell that we don't have kids at home or grandkids right now at home because we haven't opened gifts yet. But a friend of mine, he's a single guy. Um, it's him and his mother that um, is not very well and his brother. And he has already exchanged gifts a couple weeks ago with his brother's family because the brother and his family were going to be vacationing Um, over Christmas. And so my friend put a lot of work into the gifts that he picked for his family. His brother enjoys wine, so he got him a very nice bottle of Merlot and a few pewter wine stoppers. Um, His sister-in-law enjoys uh, clothes, and so he got her a very generous gift card to a nice uh, clothing store And he picked out gifts for his nieces and nephews, toys and gift cards so that they go buy video games that they like. He put a lot of thought into the gifts that he gave to his brother and his family. And he was mentioning that he got from his brother and their family a $15 gift card to Starbucks. And he said that he was feeling a bit disappointed. And it wasn't because of the amount of the gift cards, but he said, I don't even like Starbucks. (laughs) And so you could tell that they really didn't put a lot of thought into the gift that they had given him. I thought it would be fun this morning on Christmas Day to look at what a great gifter God is. Because unlike my friend's family, God has given us extraordinary gift in his son, Jesus. So I thought we would go to a very popular passage of scripture and we would look at John chapter three, verses 13 to 18, highlighting John chapter three, verse 16. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now we could say so much about this passage. In fact, there's one preacher uh, by the name of Gordon Campbell who, for years and years, the only text he ever preached on was John three sixteen. So there is a lot that could be said about this passage. But what I would like for us to focus on this morning is God, the Giver, and the thing that uh, and the extraordinary love that motivated God to give. So what kind of gifter is God? Well, we see from this passage that, first of all, God is a great gifter because he gave generously and sacrificially. Now, my um, mother's paternal great-grandmother is a descendant of Kenneth III, King of Scotland. You you can kiss my ring after the service. But... um, I have a little bit of Scottish blood in me, and it is said of people of Scottish heritage that I don't know how to put this nicely, that we're fiscally conservative um, would would be a nice way of saying it. And sometimes we can regift. Now. Regifting isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you get something that you don't want and you just pass it off to somebody else because you don't really care for it, that's not very good re-gifting. God doesn't re-gift. God gave the very best. We read in verse 16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There are some translations that translate his only son, as his only begotten son. Uh, There are, and the word begotten here is no reference to origin or beginning with Jesus because as the second person of the Trinity, he is eternal. It is a reference to the special and unique relationship that exists between God the Father and God the Son from all eternity. We can understand this as God gave his only unique son. God is so extraordinary as a gifter, as Jacob mentioned, that he gave himself in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And God's love towards us is very costly. It was the sacrificial love that he gave in his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, the word gave has the sense behind it of he gave unto death, as an offering for sin. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 expresses it like this. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means that God's just wrath for our sin has been satisfied. Other translations translate the word uh, propitiation as atonement. That word atonement is actually a made-up word. It is a theologically contrived word that means to be made at one. God has made us at one with him and with each other through the glorious sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says it like this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? It's like this. If God has given us the gift that we need for our greatest need, how will he not also give us everything that we need for life and for godliness? That is the kind of gifter that God is. But God is a great gifter not only because he gave generously and sacrificially, But God is a great gifter because he gave thoughtfully and vitally. Sometimes people give at the last minute. Um, When I first started working my real job, Connie and I had only been married a few months. And um, a, a guy that worked with me, he worked on the same floor, he was the CFO. It was his anniversary. And so he came back to work the next morning and he was walking down the hall. And I said, Hey, Ron, how was your anniversary? And he stopped at my door and he looked at me and he said, kid, let me give you a bit of advice. Never stop home at the grocery store and buy gifts for your wife for your anniversary on your way home. That's all he said. I understood the message pretty clearly that a gift shouldn't be an afterthought. It shouldn't be a last minute thing. It really wasn't appreciated when he gave to his wife a bouquet of mostly wilted flowers. There are times that people, you can tell, don't give a lot of gifts, a lot of thought to their gifts. Not so with God. God planned the gift of his son for us, scripture tells us, before the foundation of the world. God always intended to give Jesus. God put great forethought and planning into the gift that he gave us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, we read that this man, that is Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. You see, Jesus wasn't an afterthought. God's gift of Jesus didn't arise because it took God by surprise that mankind fell into sin and they needed a savior. God planned before the foundation of the world that he would give to his people, Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation speaks of Jesus as the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Mind-blowing, isn't it? To, to think that in the eternal counsel of God, it is though Jesus was slain even before, from the foundation of the world for our sins. So thoroughly, so greatly has God planned His loving gift for us that He is such a great gifter. Naturally, this speaks to the infinite nature of God's love. We read in John chapter 3, verse 16, that God so loved the world. The sense, the word so, indicates to such an infinite degree, in such a transcendently glorious manner. God's love is inexhaustible. It's beyond measure. And it is seen in the great thoughtfulness in which He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, for us, so rich is his love, so true, so full of tenderness and majesty. God's love for his people is infinite. God is a thoughtful giver, not only because of the wisdom and the planning that he invested in his gift, but also mercifully, he gave us precisely what we vitally needed. We woke up yesterday morning and discovered we had no heat. And so I, um, of course, contacted the property manager, see if we couldn't get somebody to help us out. Never heard from the property manager uh, by, by lunchtime. And so I sent out a call to a, a few of the staff and said, hey, if any of you all have a space heater, would you mind bringing it to church tonight? We could use some heat. And so Christy Denham brought us a, an electric blanket, and a couple people brought us some space heaters, and Bill Barrow even went out and bought us a space heater, because that's the kind of guy that Bill is. But what if Bill, instead of buying a, a, a space heater, went to Ma- Walmart and brought us a couple bags of ice in a cooler? Now, that wouldn't be very vital to our needs. It wouldn't be very helpful, would it? You know, as people, we need a savior. And that is precisely what God gave us. We vitally need a Savior, one who is both God and both man, one who could represent God fully before us. And as the Son of God, Jesus is able to do that. We need a Savior who can represent us before the Father in our very nature and provide a sacrifice for our sin in our nature. And Jesus was able to do that fully As both God and man, God gave us what we vitally need in a Savior in Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his Son, his only begotten, for the purpose that we might be redeemed as we believe and trust in him to have everlasting life. John 3.16 mentions that God so loved the world that he gave his Son that so whoever believes in him would not perish. We needed a Savior. So desperate and poor was our condition that God so graciously gave to us His Son. In verses 18 to 20, we read that whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. I know it is not very popular in our day and age to talk about the exclusivity of the gospel. That God would say that there is only one way by which people can be saved. But the, the extraordinary thing, is not that God would only give us one way, but that God would give us any way at all by which we might be saved. Because our sin has estranged us from a holy and gracious God, that by our very nature we stand condemned in our sin already. But it is because God is loving. He is such a great gifter that he gave us his Son, that if we believe in him, we would not receive the punishment that we are due for our sin but that we would receive eternal life through his son. So God is a great gifter because he gave generously and sacrificially. He gave thoughtfully and vitally. And we see also that God is a great gifter because he He gave freely and completely. God's love is unchangeable. God loves us in such a way that nothing you or I have ever done can alter God's love for us. As a child of God, there is nothing that you can do to make you to make God love you more because he loves you in Christ fully already. Nor is there anything that you can do so wrong that God would love you any less. His love for us is free. It is complete. Jesus mentioned, as, as Jacob mentioned in the, uh, the, the little um, sermonette that he gave to the kids, young and old, of the church. Um, that Jesus said that there is no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus freely gave his life. He mentioned in John chapter 10, when he was describing himself as being the good shepherd, that he lays down his life for the sheep. He lays it down and he takes it back up again. Nobody took Jesus' life from him. He gave it freely and completely for us. We read in verse 21 of John 3 that whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. When we come to Christ with nothing to give him, uh, when we recognize our sin before a holy God and confess it and receive Christ as our Savior, there will be a change in our life. We cannot go on being the same people. God has changed us marvelously, wonderfully by the power of His Holy Spirit. And we will give evidence to it in our lives that there will be a change in us, that we will produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Sometimes the change comes slow. Sometimes the change is good and we make progress and other times we fall back. But in the life of the believer, over time, there is an upward trajectory of us becoming more like Jesus and becoming more and more like Him and the great God of love that He is. We see the love evident in our lives where we use the gifts and the blessings that God has given us to love other people. That we become givers who give generously and sacrificially. That we become people who love others in such a way that we love them thoughtfully and vitally, providing them what they need. And we also grow as people of great love and we give freely and completely all of, um, in response. Not to earn the blessings and the love of God, but in response to the love that we have received, we give it freely. There's an old hymn that says, freely, freely, you have received, freely and freely give. Go in my name that others might believe. And that is the blessing that we are called to on Christmas. As people who have received extraordinary gifts, that we give extraordinary gifts to others. Let us pray.